Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Happy Hippie Homestead Podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Juba, helping you find happiness and joy on your homesteading journey. This is episode number seven, and we'll be discussing the standard American diet. So what exactly is the standard American diet? It used to be a pyramid when I was going to school. It's got carbohydrates on the bottom and fats all the way at the top, and everything else kind of fell in the between. Now it's a plate. I was able to find a link after I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole that gave me a recommended recommended plate based on how I answered some questions. So I had to put in my age, weight, heights, and gender, and I'll read below the recommend, recommendations that they gave me. I'll also put a link in the show notes in case you want to see what they told me. And if you want to maybe fill out that information for yourself and see what they'll tell you, if it'll be different or the same. So they recommended for me two cups of fruit a day, three cups of veggies, eight ounces of grain, six and a half ounces of protein, three cups of dairy. And then they cautioned at the bottom to limit added sugar, sodium, and saturated fat. The actual graph that looks like a plate, it's shows the grains and the veggies as being equal size, and then your fruits and proteins are smaller, but they're equal to each other. My first reaction when I heard these amounts was three cups of dairy. I'm supposed to consume the same amount cup-wise of dairy as I am vegetables? Most humans are lactose intolerant. I'm going to throw that out there right now. So then I started to wonder, after the whole dairy thing, what exactly makes up eight ounces of grain? That doesn't really sound like a lot. Right on their website, the USDA says one ounce of grains is a slice of bread or a half a cup of pasta. So I should be eating eight slices of bread a day or four cups of pasta. That's a lot. I like carbs, but that's a lot of carbs. So I know it sounds like I'm tearing them apart. Maybe you think it's because I'm vegan and that's only a piece of it, I think. But why don't we start with how many Americans are actually following this plate? And is this the standard? Is this what most Americans even do? I had a hard time finding a recent study that showed what Americans ate in 2021 or 2022, but I found some studies that ranged from about 2016 to 2019, and they didn't exactly agree 100% on the numbers, so I have some ranges here of numbers where they didn't quite agree. So 58 to 63% of all calories eaten by Americans are ultra-processed foods. Think fast foods, chips, breads, cakes, freezer meals, etc. That is not a category on the plate that I just described. And only 6 to 11% of our calories as Americans comes from quote-unquote whole foods, nuts, whole grains, beans, fruits, veggies. On average, our calories come from 47% carbs, 36% fats, 22% sugar, and 16% protein. Three out of four Americans do not eat a single piece of fruit a day, and nine out of 10 do not eat the full amount of vegetables, the full three cups. This right here is a problem. 
too many processed sugary foods and not enough whole foods that were made to support our bodies. The earth literally produces whole foods for us to eat full, rich and full of vitamins and minerals and nutrients that we need to function. That's not what we're eating. This right here is the cause of obesity in Americans and the cause of many diseases. Have you noticed that when you go to the store, any store, almost everyone you see is overweight or obese, including children? I am not fat shaming. It is a fact. Over 70% of Americans are overweight or obese. This isn't just a problem here in the United States. It's happening across the globe. We're seeing numbers continue to rise as other countries are looking to America and following a more, quote unquote, Western diet. We just happen to be the leaders of this movement. We are the worst ones. So now why is being overweight and obese a bad thing? It leads you to a higher risk of disease and illness, and a lot of these are preventable before they happen. It puts you at a higher risk for things like type 2 diabetes, which is most of the time completely preventable. You also are at a higher risk for heart disease, stroke, hypertension, and certain types of cancer. And the list can go on with the things you're at a higher risk for. So what can we do about this? It doesn't matter if you are overweight or obese, or maybe you're underweight or you're a nice average weight, it doesn't matter. You can still change your diets and get off those processed sugary foods. When you make that change in your life, it may inspire someone else to make a change and it may save not only your life in the future, but theirs as well. You can also save and save your children's life and inspire them by you making the right choices for yourself and showing them how you should be fueling your body. Is this a plug for veganism? Is probably what everybody's thinking. I'm just going to say everyone needs to be vegan. No. Would I love for more people to be plant-based? Yes. But I'm here to tell you that you can be vegan and unhealthy. When I first went vegan, probably about five years ago, my weight level kind of stayed where it was. I didn't really lose any weight, but I didn't gain any weight either. And in the last probably year and a half to two years, I wound up putting on over 30 pounds of weight and falling into a quote unquote overweight category for the first time in my life. I have since lost those 30 pounds and will probably lose a little bit more as my weight starts to level off. So maybe thinking, what's the difference then between me a year and a half ago, 30 pounds heavier, and me right now today? I've cut out all the bullshit, all the processed foods, the white sugar, and I am eating less carbs. I don't think carbs are 100% the root of all evil here, but I don't think the human body needs eight slices of bread a day like the USDA recommends, especially not the garbage bread that you're buying in the store that's highly processed. Your body doesn't need that. I know people may bring up that it's an increased cost for better quality food or they don't have time to make their food from scratch at home, but can you really afford to mess around with your health? You only have one body in this life 
why would you purposefully feed it foods that you know are making it sick? Shouldn't your health be a priority instead of going to the movies or out to a bar or buying whatever BS on Amazon that you don't actually need? What we'll start with, we'll kind of pick apart some of this here. So what is white sugar, that highly processed, refined sugar, and why is it bad? That white sugar, that's super processed, you buy it in the store, it's in almost every processed food. When you eat that, dopamine is released in your brain, which is that feel-good response. So after you get that hit, that hit of dopamine, your brain craves more. And it triggers additional cravings. So can I plug in self-reliance here, anybody? To figure out how to give your brain that dopamine it wants without an external substance. How to give your brain what it needs naturally instead of with a highly processed food that you can't even actually find in nature. Not only that, but sugar changes your gut, your gut flora. The microbes that live in your gut change when you eat a lot of sugar. When you eat a lot of sugar, that good gut bacteria that helps you break down and digest foods and feel good and healthy starts to die off because they don't have the right kind of fuel anymore. They're not getting the nutrients and the minerals and the fiber that they need. And so when the good gut flora die, this leads to bad gut flora thriving and taking over, and they live off that sugar. In order for these bad gut flora to continue to survive, they need more sugar. So this does not help you with cravings. Eating sugar literally rots your body from the inside out, and it can lead to so many issues, including suppression of the immune system, hormonal imbalances, premature aging, pancreatic damage, weaker eyesight, obesity, which we know leads to its own realm of issues, Parkinson's, diabetes, and cancer. That's a lot of things from something that just makes your brain feel good sometimes. So the first step you can take is to come off the sugar forever. Not just temporarily for 30 days. I've totally done that before where I tell myself, I'm going to do a 30-day detox. And then after day 30, I get right back on the sugar. But you have to give it up for good. It has taken me years to come to this decision, but I realized that my health is the most important thing. So then you might be wondering, but what about dessert? Like, I really love dessert, and that's my favorite part of the day. So it is still possible to bake and eat something that tastes sweet without that white sugar. Or I would throw in here, I'm saying white sugar that includes brown sugar, because brown sugar is just white sugar with molasses. But you know what I mean, <laughs> the processed sugar. When I make a recipe that calls for some sugar, which is not super often anymore, I use coconut sugar, which does not spike your, spike your blood sugar and is not addictive. I find that there are plenty of recipes out there with natural sweeteners like maple syrup, and I buy the 100% organic natural maple syrup. So you can still eat things that taste sweet, 
But you may start to find once you cut out that white processed horrible sugar, you may find that the natural, natural sweeteners start to taste super sweet. One of my favorite things to eat if I want something a little sweet is homemade granola, which is made when I do it mostly from nuts and sweetener that's maple syrup. I'll throw some fresh berries on top, whether it's blueberries, blackberries, raspberries, a little bit of almond milk, and then some natural peanut butter on top. Totally hits the spot for me. Not only is it a ton of really good things for me in there, but it hits that I need something a little sweet craving. And it's also very filling. Well, you might be thinking, but what about ice cream? Because I love ice cream. So this one has been a little hard for me. So there's a way to make something called quote unquote nice cream with an N in front of the ice. It is based on frozen bananas. So that's what makes it that frozen creamy consistency. And you can add flavoring to it if you want it to be chocolate flavored or vanilla or mint. I haven't experimented too much with nice cream yet, but I definitely will. It will hit the spot with something being cold from the freezer, naturally sweetened and eaten with a spoon. So that's what I'm going to be experimenting with to replace the ice cream for me. So I hit on sugar, how bad sugar is for you. And I hit on how I changed my diet to a lower carb. So what exactly does that mean? For me personally, I don't mean zero carbs, but consider replacing your pasta with zucchini. You can make what's called zoodles really easily. It does not take that much more work to make some zoodles than it does to boil water and make your noodles and get them ready. You can also substitute rice with cauliflower rice, riced cauliflower. Now cauliflower and zucchini aren't always in season year round, but they do store well in the freezer. So if you grow a lot of your own fruits and vegetables, you can store them in the freezer for making some of this in the winter. They also sell them in the freezer section of most stores that you can get as well. Something I wanna bring up here about carbs. Have you ever noticed that when you walk down the aisle of burger buns, hot dog buns, prepackaged bread, it has a kind of smell to it? When I go down the aisles now, it makes me almost like crinkle my nose up and it makes my stomach kind of turn. Something about the scent of that aisle, I just, it smells really bad to me since I have cut out the processed breads that you buy in the, in the bags already made for you. I make a lot of my bread at home. I do make sourdough bread and I'll pre-slice it and put it in the freezer. This prevents me from eating a bunch of it in one sitting and it gives me the time to ask Am I eating this because I want it or am I trying to make myself feel better? So a side note here, carbs, especially breads, when they get into your body, into your system, they get broken down into its base form, which is glucose and it's sugar and an excessive amount of sugar that runs through your body that can't be used as energy at the moment is stored as fat. So another piece to this low carb for me, so I'm still eating potatoes, 
which are considered starchy and carbs, but I am not buying bread that comes in a plastic bag, no buns in a plastic bag. It's also better for the environment to not even have that plastic bag to start with. So now we're gonna move into the other thing I kind of hit on, which is what are processed foods? Processed foods are most things that come ready to eat in some kind of bag. Cookies, chips, granola bars, cereals, sugary drinks, deli meats, freezer pizzas. But how can you tell if something is processed or if it's just preserved? You know, like, is a can of beans really that processed? I challenge you, before you put it in your cart, read the label of some of these items you're buying. I don't care if it's a granola bar, cookies, deli meats, maybe you like soda. Read the label and see, A, how long is the list of items on that ingredient list? And B, how many words on there do you not know what they mean? That will help you kind of key into, is this highly processed foods or not? So why are ultra processed foods bad? In order to create these ultra processed foods, they sneak in a ton of sodium a ton of sugar and other harmful chemicals to not only extend shelf life, but to get you addicted to their ultra-processed food so you become a, re a repeat customer and you buy again and again and again and again. These ultra-processed foods are also, also highly packaged, which is not great for the environment. Most of some of these things come in boxes and inside the box are all these plastic bags. If you buy a thing at granola bars or your cereal comes in a plastic bag in a box. When shopping at a grocery store, we should be buying foods that are along the outside edge of the grocery store and avoiding the aisles in the middle if we can help it. Most of your groceries should come from that outside edge. So if you think of any store setup. Produce is usually somewhere in the front, and then meat and cheese are along some kind of sidewall or back wall. All the stuff in the middle is the cereals, cookies, chips, granola bars, sugary drinks, freezer pizzas, all that's in the middle. That doesn't mean there's not some good stuff in the middle, like nuts are sometimes in the middle, natural peanut butter is sometimes lumped in there in the middle, and natural sweeteners like maple syrup and coconut sugar are sometimes lumped in the middle as well. But those things that you're buying from in the middle of the grocery store should only be a small portion of what's in your shopping cart. A majority of it should come from the outside aisles. And something I could, I'll throw in here, a lot of what's in the middle aisles, you can make a lot of that at home. You can can your own beans. I do it myself. You can make your own bread. You can make your own granola. If you want to go really far, you can make your own peanut butter. You also could produce your own nuts by growing trees if you have the space. Sugar and processed foods are literally killing us. Chronic inflammation is caused by sugar and processed foods which clog your arteries, leading to heart disease and stroke, and also leaves you with a higher risk of diabetes and cancer. You may have heard that sugar is as addictive as cocaine. 
The first time in my life I chose to come off sugar, I got sick with flu-like symptoms. I went for about 30 days without sugar because that was my goal, was 30 days with no sugar. And then I started right back up again eating it. I've had this love-hate relationship with sugar my whole life. I loved it, was addicted to it, and still knew it wasn't good for me, but I didn't really care sometimes. I would eat sugar when I was stressed out. I would eat sugar to make myself feel better. I would eat sugar on a daily basis almost as a quote-unquote treat because I deserved it. Some days I could go without sugar, but I was eating it most days of the week for the last 13 years of my life. I will throw in a side note here. I started eating sugar from a really young age because I loved it and got addicted to it. It actually rotted my teeth. I have huge silver fillings in my mouth now. And I was the kid that would brush their teeth twice a day, sometimes three times, and I would floss. But I've got these huge silver fillings from when I was about eight to 10 years old because of the amount of sugar that was in my house and I was eating. I told myself that I just have a sweet tooth. That's how I justified the amount of sugar I was eating. I do like things that are sweet, but I was also addicted to sugar. I always told myself when I was big into running, I would do half marathons, full marathons. I always would tell myself I can't outrun a bad diet, but that never really sunk in because I was only 19 years old, you know, 20 years old. But when I stopped running, half marathons, full marathons. I took up CrossFit. And then I also suffered a few injuries that prevented me from running. That's when I put on about 30 pounds because I never had changed my diet and I was eating whatever I wanted. So I will say, what do vegans that eat a lot of whole foods, carnivores, and people that eat keto all have in common? No, it's not a trick question. (laughs) We all, hopefully, those three groups of people, whole food, vegans, carnivores, and ketos, the keto people that eat ketogenically, we all hopefully see through the processed foods, high carb, and sugar diets. How Americans currently eat, more than 50% highly processed with minimal whole foods, is making us sick. I do not recommend switching to my plate by the USDA. I think they recommend a good amount of fruits and vegetables for people to eat, but they also recommend a lot of carbs, eight slices of bread a day, (laughs) and a ton of dairy, especially when most people are lactose intolerant. I do think that you need to do what is right for you and your body. But I can promise you that all of our bodies as human beings are not made to function on a highly processed diet consisting of lots of carbs and high sugar. And that's what most of us are eating. We didn't used to eat like this hundreds of years ago. We only started eating like this recently. I am not a nutritionist, but I know that sugar is a problem for me and my body, which is why I made the choice to no longer put it in my body. If you bring some of this up to your doctor, they may recommend to you what the USDA offers with the MyPlate. 
Because did you know that doctors are only trained for about 20 hours of their four years in medical school on nutrition? They're trained to give you a drug for your symptom. They're trained to give you insulin for your type 2 diabetes instead of talking to you about lifestyle changes. So not that doctors are bad. It's not that they're trying to hurt you or make you obese. They don't know any better. That is not how they were trained, was to try to prevent these diseases. They were trained to treat the disease, treat the symptom. So I challenge you, if you would like to go see a doctor or a nutritionist, to do your research and find one that is holistic. Find one that focuses on the whole body picture to help you find health. Do not just go to a general practitioner and say, I'm trying to lose weight. How do I do it? I don't even, I can't even imagine what they would say to you if you told them that. So find a holistic doctor if you think you need that kind of help. If not, the biggest and best thing you can do today is to get rid of the processed foods and the sugars in your diet. It doesn't matter if you want to be vegan, if you want to be carnivore, if you want to be keto. This is why those three pockets of people, you hear these amazing transformation stories about how these people all of a sudden lost 200 pounds and it cured their type 2 diabetes and their hypertension because they cut out the processed food and the sugar. You don't need it. It does not come naturally from the ground. Don't put it in your mouth. No one's going to stop you. No one's going to slap the fork out of your hand and say, you don't need to eat that piece of cake right now. You have to make that decision for you. I hope you guys will join me on this journey through not only the podcast, but helping learn more about diet and nutrition and where we should be going as a human species. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Happy Hippie Homestead Podcast. You can like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram. Join us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for more amazing content.